Welcome back to the Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast. The Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast is your podcast source for news and discussion of the meetings and events industry. Each week, we bring you stories of new technologies, new ideas, and new directions that will directly affect all of us in the meetings and events industry. I'm your host, John Trask. I'm a CMP, a CMM, and I'm a 30-year veteran of both the audiovisual and meetings and events industry. And uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm here with a special guest today. We're talking with Brent Kruger. Hello, Brent. Hello. <laughs> and Brent, what's your company name? It's Event Technology Consulting. Event Technology Consulting. Very good. And I know you uh, you do a lot of uh, speaking in the industry on uh, technology and audiovisual topics. You're kind of the go-to guy lately uh, for a lot of the conferences that I've been to. And uh, specifically today, we were going to talk about an upcoming one that you're going to be presenting at on a couple of different topics. But the one that really caught my eye that I wanted to talk to you about today was uh, called The Wonderful World of Projection Mapping, Creative Uses of Projection That Won't Break the Bank. And uh, this is going to be at the uh, CMP Conclave in Baltimore. Yes. Um, And just uh, quickly, the dates on that. It's September uh, 16 through 18 in Baltimore. So uh, I know I'm going to be attending. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you there and hearing a bit more about this there. But why don't we do a bit of a preview about it now? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Last year was my first time uh, at the Conclave and had a great time there uh, in Reno last year. And just getting to know folks and did a couple of education sessions. And I'm fortunate enough to have been asked back. Well, and that's uh, um I know in, in Reno, I, I went to uh, at least one of your sessions, and uh, I know it was quite uh, quite well received. And uh, I, I, I like the CMP Conclave in general. Um, I've been to probably about the last six of them. Wow. And one of the things that I appreciate about it, it's it's different than a lot of other industry meetings in that you have a very experienced group of people because it's people who have all earned their CMP. So they're coming in with a with a certain level of experience in the industry, and that means that the content and the education tends to be focused more on uh, kind of higher level concepts a lot of the time or, or some of the more interesting things, and it's not all necessarily basics or intro to or those sorts of things. So it's it's something that I appreciate about the Conclave, and, and, uh, and I think talking about something like projection mapping in that context is uh, is really good because it gives people kind of a primer and a direction on something that maybe they haven't considered or something that could enhance their meetings that they really don't know is now maybe a little more affordable or, or something that can be done um, without having the extremely large budgets that we used to see on mapping, you know, 10 years ago when people were doing it. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, that's one of the things that I want to emphasize in this session is that it doesn't have to break the bank, that it's, it's definitely something that can be done on a budget uh, if you're willing to, you know, kind of understand the fundamentals of how it works and, you know, get a little creative, get a little uh, in there and, and get, get your hands dirty. And, um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I talk about it, you know, a lot of the projection mapping as we know it, and I, I get into a little bit of the history of where it came from, um, but, you know, in, as far as modern projection mapping goes, a lot of it came from the dance scene in Europe. You know, it was just you right, know guy, right. guys fooling around with projectors and computers and seeing what they could put together. And so you know, it was definitely a a creative outlet, um, and that slowly grew into hey, you know, it would be cool if we did this on the side of a building. 
and then a bigger building and then a bigger <laughs> building and then a bigger building. And, you know, it seems like every year we've got a new world record for the most number of projectors, the largest surface being projected upon. Um, I, I don't think it's been beaten yet but that that uh, just was it just last year that they did the hoover dam yeah i was um, thinking of that. the freightliner the freightliner one i think that might still hold the record but i guarantee you give it two weeks somebody else will break <laughs> that record um but yeah they actually projection mapped the entire hoover dam for freightliner uh showing off one of their new trucks as it drove across the top so you know yeah people unfortunately then people get locked into that mindset of oh my goodness this is something that's going to cost a bajillion dollars because they're seeing it on the outsides of casinos and the sydney opera house and the hoover dam but um what i encourage people to do is to start thinking small and you know, it doesn't have to be the side of a building. It doesn't have to be, um, uh, you know, the, these large scale productions uh, like what gets the, the YouTube clicks. You know, <laughs> you know, you can you can actually just start with something small like a decor piece or a small stage set. Um, one of the things that I, I love highlighting uh, is is something a Disney product, uh, Disney meetings and events have 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 specialized in their, specifically in their uh, uh, weddings package. They're starting to do cake mapping. Uh, where it's actually, you know, just a white cake that's have that has projection, uh, you know, pointed at it, and they've then you've got custom animations running on across. So you've got Tinkerbell <laughs> flying across your cake, and it says, you know, Happy Wedding, uh, you know, and the names of the couple, and and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, it doesn't have to be something that's gigantic. So start thinking small is probably kind of the number one thing if you want to start doing it on a budget. Well, and and Disney. Uh referencing them would would actually be one of the pioneers in all of this because I, I i know um within the history of it besides the dance side of things uh it also goes back to some of the concerts and things people were doing with projections like the grateful dead and things where they were doing oil lamp projection and you know scenic projection that way but i think disney um was one of the first to do an actual commercial product where they did the haunted mansion because a lot of the things there are in fact projection um that was really done on like I think sixteen millimeter film from what I've read. Exactly, it was it was fascinating. So as as I was preparing uh, the information for these sessions, I, I did go back and start looking into the history of projection. <laughs> and what's 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 kind of amazing is we've been playing with this stuff for centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that you know going back to kind of the pinhole camera. Uh, type things that were actually seen in the Middle East, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago where they would have just a pinhole in the wall and project, you know, the, the city uh, onto the side of a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, when I, the, as far as modern uh, instances of kind of projection mapping as we know it, of taking a 2D projection, mapping it onto a 3D surface, that Haunted Mansion is probably the first one. And I think that was late 1960s and definitely came out of the same mentality of let's experiment with with light and and like you said the concerts with oil lamps and things like that so yeah literally they strapped the singers into you know headlocks in the <laughs> positions that that those uh that those um, basically white yeah white busts uh that were going to be out in the graveyard locked them into those same position and then filmed them with basically what it was, you know, it was expensive, I'm sure, but basically off the shelf technology mm-hmm. um, and then played those back, you know, all synced uh, in real time to them singing. And it created, you know, the ghostly uh, graveyard ghosts. So, yeah. And, and that's essentially the same technology that we're using today. We're just using computers uh, instead of filming things. And we're using digital projectors instead of the old lamp lit projector. It, it, it sort of makes me think of this idea that I've I've noticed in that a lot of ideas 
in a in the AV and the technology, they're not exactly new. What what they end up being are refinements. And I think with projection mapping, it's a refinement. They've the technology has gotten better, the software has gotten better, the brightness of the projectors and all of these things have combined to sort of let people do things that maybe they were trying to do in the sixties or seventies or nineties. But now having a different technology at their fingertips is allowing them to do this um, neat idea that they've conceived of, like the Sydney Opera House, which you referenced earlier, and, and say, well, you know, now that we've got all these great tools, what if we did that? So, again, mapping a cake, it's taking that what if and and maybe scaling it down and saying, you know, what what can we do in our room that's going to support the meeting that we're trying to present? What you know what cool thing can grab people's attention can we use this for maybe it's something as simple as changing the uh the daily look of the stage uh, i i did a, a pitch a quote for somebody that unfortunately i didn't end up doing a couple of years ago but we were pitching projection mapping with that very idea we had a very plain stage that we built with just shapes on it and then from there the idea was they were doing a lot of it was an international meeting and there were people from a number of different countries. So each day we could change the look of the stage to doing a different country. Um, maybe one day would be France and, and another day would be the USA. And, and so you could take elements of that and build it into the scenic look and change it very quickly and efficiently from day to day or, or even from session to session. So that's the sort of thing that I think of now when I think of looking for ways to use projection mapping is how can we creatively take these ideas and filter them into something within our meeting that's going to have an impact. Absolutely. I mean, and that's that's a perfect example of of getting creative with projection. Another one would be to take that same all white stage set. Let's say you have multiple business units. Mm -hmm. where each business unit has its own branding, has its own awards, has its own. And you instead of, you know, doing those in multiple locations on multiple days, maybe you build them back to back. Right. And, you know, keep the same AV setup in the room. So you're not spending all of that money, you know, setting it up and tearing it down eight times, you know, so you can actually sit, start planning your events, you know, in the same location back to back with maybe different business units and then completely reskinning the stage graphics using just projection. Um, that would be an, uh, another possible use. I really think that display technology in general is still underused in our industry. There's so much more that we could be doing to, uh, you know, creatively use projection in our events and stage sets. Yeah, I think I think sometimes people do kind of fall back on, you know, we have a two screen look, we have a three screen look. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's kind of um kind of what they just default to and you know we got into widescreens for a bit but I, again one of the things that i found people will pitch a widescreen sometimes and not really um have any any idea behind why they're doing it yeah and you, you definitely have to take the content into account you can't you know a lot of whether it's the widescreen technology or projection technology or display technology in general Mm -hmm. um, if you're not thinking about why you need it, why you're going to have it, and what's going to be on it, it's just a waste of space. Right. Absolutely. And that's, that's uh, I think, where people can benefit from this process is, is kind of doing like a sitting down maybe with a technology advisor like yourself or, or you know, their AV vendor uh, or someone and, and just kind of talking about 
the goals of the meeting and, and what are we trying to do? What are, what are we trying to grab people's attention and have them walk away with? And then what display technology can we put behind that? You know, and maybe it's uh, OLED panels or something with transparent panels or, or maybe it's projection mapping. But I think there are a lot of these tools in the toolbox right now that people aren't even considering because they're not really aware of what they do, how they do it. Um, or why you might want to use it. Well, and they're still worried that it's very expensive. Uh, you mentioned the LED panels. Those have come down tremendously in cost uh, over the last couple of years to the point where if you're talking about you know, a custom-built stage set, you know, there's going to be labor and time and materials and all kinds of things put into building something like that, whereas you know, the cost of rental of you know, quite a few panels of LED wall uh, could be quite comparative you know, and, 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 or even less. Uh, depending on how you know how the, you know large the structure is that you're building and that kind of thing, so uh, I think yeah we get sometimes we get stuck in this mindset of oh that's way too expensive I don't have the budget for that um, when I think people would be surprised at how um, relatively inexpensive something like that can be. But I think I think probably the key to making it be relatively inexpensive is to be thinking about this early in the process too. Yes, like it's yes. it's one of those things where if you start trying to add this stuff later, the costs mm. can go up quite a bit. But well, if, and that's, sorry. Yeah, go that's, ahead. Uh, that's also when people tend to forget the content as well of like, oh, we're going to add, you know, oh, no, it'd be great. We need to add this giant screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you're scrambling at the last minute to try and develop good content for it. And, you know, then you might as well have just had a, you know, flat wall and a PowerPoint or something along right. those lines, you know, <laughs> because, you know, you didn't really make the best use of that display technology. And I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of like meetings and, and things I've done in the past that I can use as a reference. And, and one that popped into my mind where I think projection mapping now would be doable um, based on what's available in the pricing, where in the past we couldn't have. About probably eight years ago, I did a trade show booth where we built a, a theater inside of a trade show hall inside of a geodesic dome. And on the outside of the dome, we had just glass gobos of the client's logo and product and, and things moving around programmed out there on the outside of the dome. But now with the things that are available uh, technology-wise and the cost of projection and all of that, I think we could have mapped the outside of that and made it much, much more striking and much more uh, interesting to the eye to have things going on on this dome. Uh, rather than just having logos and things like that projected onto it. Well, and there's a lot more DIY resources out there, too. I mean, there's there's all kinds of software that's out there that's open source. Um, there's professional-level software that you can buy. Um, but I strongly encourage anybody who's thinking about playing, you know, grab the office projector, you know, go, mm -hmm. go into a conference room, <laughs> turn off all the lights, you know, hook up a PowerPoint and start playing with textures and images on something white. Um, you know, uh, in kind of preparing for this session, um, I started just getting curious what I could do myself. So I literally borrowed an office projector and set it up in my basement, put some of those, you know, fabric, you know, organizer cubes in a random <laughs> assortment, uh, you know, against the wall, pointed the projector at it and just started playing around in Final Cut, um, uh, seeing what I could map and seeing if I could, you know, stretch images and what I could drag and drop as far as stock footage and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it, it really wasn't that hard and started, you know, so if you've got, especially if you've got a little bit of technical uh, know-how, 
uh, or maybe some video editing skills. Um, that definitely helps. But even if you just pointed a PowerPoint at that and just started playing, you know, playing with color, playing with light, and then play with transitions, you know, what happens if you had a grass texture? You know, I'll tell you a, a quick story um, of when this kind of clicked for me uh, was uh, I was on an event and they were actually doing a very very, very wide screen uh, <laughs> opening number. So it was actually a kabuki drape, the kind that you could push the button and it drops straight down. Sure. Um, and so the idea was they were going to do this opening video on this very, very wide screen, then push the button, drop, you know, drop the screen, and there's the stage set. Okay. And behind it was a fairly traditional you know, two-screen two stage set. It might have had a round screen or something like that in the middle. Um, but so they were testing the opening video, and they were simultaneously testing the kabuki drape, uh, not paying attention to each other. And they dropped the kabuki drape in the middle of the opening video. And that shone through, and it happened to be this beautiful, like, grassy texture with, you know, cattails and things like that on it. And it shone through to the rest of the stage set, which happened to be mostly white. And it was beautiful. And you can, <laughs> I could immediately see the potential of... You know, not not even mapping, just pointing for, you know, pointing for projectors right. at a straight set. You know, I don't even consider that necessarily mapping, just more like creative use of, of projection. And that show only had two more projectors than an average ordinary show. So it wasn't that much more equipment. Uh, we had some beautifully designed content and it was a little out of focus because it wasn't designed, you know, to be pointing at that distance. Right. But I could immediately see how just using simple textures or even stock footage of, you know, grass or forests or things like that could immediately send, uh, set a tone uh, for, for a conference or an event. And then imagine slowly changing that over the course of the day or from speaker to speaker so that each speaker had their own look. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, you really the, it's it's the sky's the limit, um, you know, let your mind wander with the creativity of it. Well, I can I can give you an example of a show that I worked on um, where where they had a, a great effect. And again, it's more of a projection effect than a than a mapping effect. But with the technology now, it could probably be done even better. Basically, we put a black scrim in front of the letters of the logo, which were like um, steel uh, behind. So they're in like a pocket between drape and a scrim. When we turned all the lights off, all you saw was black scrim. And onto that black scrim, we projected images related to the client. It was a medical type meeting. When we turned that projection off and lit those stainless steel logo from behind, it popped through and you barely saw the scrim. So you had like two layers of projection. I saw a similar thing Coldplay did at, at one point on one of their tours a few years back. But you could have projection on the front scrim and you could have something different behind it. And so you could end up with layers of looks uh, depending on how you lit it and how you projected things. And, and again, it wasn't very expensive um, in, the, in the relative cost for that meeting. Um, to do and it was simply using the scrim material and thinking about how could we layer the video and how could we layer this scenic set piece and that's the thing now with projection mapping we could have mapped that set piece and had the the logo animate and do all kinds of fun things behind it as well well and that's just it i mean if you you know remember at the beginning of this i said a lot of this came out of the you know edm dance scene in europe 
And it's not like, you know, those folks stopped playing with this stuff. You know, they, they continue to, to play with an innovate. And so a lot of the innovation when it comes to projection, projection mapping, all the way into hologram and holograph tech, hologram technology, holograph, hologram <laughs> technology, um, you know, all of that is being pushed to the limits, you know, by those that do have the budgets and even those that are, again, just being creative on the smaller tours um, and playing with, you know, the new hologram technology. Uh, that everybody's, you know, gaga over is actually very old illusion technology just mm -hmm. kind of taken to modern levels. You know, it's all based on the Pepper's Ghost illusion right. uh, of, you know, and that's when you started talking about the scrim. That's exactly where my mind went is, you know, that's that's, you know, really when you look at hologram technology, it's not a true hologram. It's just another evolution in projection technology, mm -hmm. uh, which is what we're talking about in all of this is it's another way of displaying information displaying content displaying people um but it's still using basically off-the-shelf technology now those those screens those scrims uh that gauze is is where most of the advancement is coming is how do we make something as transparent as possible and yet also accept uh you know accept light yes. uh, in a way that makes it recognizable um, but even that is advancement on the old screen technology. <laughs> That's how we have rear screen projection, right? It yeah. goes through and, and kind of scrambles the light just enough so that it stays on the screen. Um, so uh, that technology continue, continues to march forward, but the base technology of it all is, is all kind of the same that it has been based for the last 50 years. So, so well, let's, let's maybe give people some ideas to let them go get inspired and uh, maybe even build up some questions if they're going to come to the conclave that they can come and bring to you in, in the session that you're going to do. Um, so what are some good resources that people can find out more information on this? Well, one of the ones that, that I've looked at and, and, and need to remember to look at more is, is actually projection-mapping.org. Um, it, it's, a, it's a great site um, that's compiling a lot of these resources from around the net, um, including, uh, as I mentioned in passing there, uh, some of the open source uh, projection mapping tools. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you've got, you know, now open source stuff tends to not be quite so user friendly. Um, it, you know, that, that's a, a bit of a broad brush statement, but it does tend to be a little more rough around the edges, um, but also tends to be quite powerful. So uh, there are free resources that you can use for mapping um, uh, as well as um, uh, lots of other articles on there just for inspiration and 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 if, and if I remember right, there's some decent history uh, on there as well as far as kind of where how we got to where we are. So that's definitely a good resource. And and then honestly, YouTube. You know, just go to YouTube and type in projection mapping, and you're bound to find hundreds of examples and DJ shows and um, you know most of the big players. Um, uh, have, uh, you know, as far as the DJ world are using projection mapping, that's always been a world where it's been more about the music and the lights and the light show, uh, you know, than it has about the people themselves. Well, and, and I will, uh, I will make sure that I link the, uh, project, um, I'm sorry, the projection mapping central site. Uh, another place that I had found that I think might be uh, worthwhile for people to look at is Christie digital, uh, who are a projector projector manufacturer has a PDF download called the Book of Transformations. And I thought that was really interesting. They do a lot of case studies all the way through it. So there's quite a few images to kind of give you a jumping off point of some ideas that other people have done, uh, some really fantastic looking things. And there's a bit of a primer of, uh, of both the history and the pieces involved in doing 
um, doing something like this, which I thought would be helpful, particularly for a planner who's not very experienced in working with the technology, to have at least a basic understanding of what the parts are that are going to go into this. So when they're talking to their consultant or their uh, producer or their AV company, they can at least know the, the pieces that are going to be required in the chain to make this happen. Well, and that's nice to see. I've often been curious why um, some of the projector manufacturers weren't doing more in the way of marketing uh, directly to planners um, mm-hmm. and saying, hey, look what we can do. Look what you can do with our gear. You know, look at these amazing things, big scale, small scale, you know, all those kinds of things. So I'm glad to see that Christie's starting to provide those kinds of resources. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they they focus a lot on the really big things. But um, like you say, you can you can scale this down and it's it's uh, easy to do onto something like uh, like a wedding cake and uh, and just make one highlight piece in in your show if that's appropriate to to get a message across so again coming back to the point of this there there are so many resources and so many ways to do this that are now available to people i think it's going to be a great session and a great discussion because i'm sure you're going to get a lot of feedback and a lot of people asking questions which will lead you down all sorts of interesting paths hopefully Exactly. I really do encourage folks to open up their minds. I mean, basically anything white, you know, can 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 accept light and can be painted on uh, whether it's shoes or cakes or product or decor or furniture or, you know, walls. I mean, anything that's white, you can project, you know, project on uh, even and then just playing with shapes and styles of projection. So circular screens, square screens, you know, whatever shape screen you want. And then you know, get creative with the content on it, whether, again, if it's just solid textures that are slowly fading from one thing to another or full motion video. Um, just, you know, recognizing that the more complicated it is, uh, the more it's likely to cost. So the, the more you can kind of take the KISS method and keep it simple, stupid, uh, you can still get some very, very compelling effects uh, without spending a million dollars on content. Well, I think uh, I think it's going to be a great uh, session. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in Baltimore and uh, and hearing this uh, in person. Uh, September 16th through 18 is the CMP Conclave. It's at the Hilton Baltimore, and Brant will be there talking about projection mapping and all sorts of other technology. I'm sure you can always grab him in the hallway, and he's uh, he's happy to talk about uh, about anything related to technology. I know you and I have those uh, sorts of conversations often in, in the hallway at uh, things like WEC. I have been known to talk. Yes, I can. I can. It's definitely uh, when it comes to, to event technology, I I can uh, talk for a while on it. Well, we uh, we appreciate it very much, and there need to be more voices uh, in the industry doing what you're doing, which is helping to demystify this stuff and helping to make it be something that people can wrap their heads around and use to improve their meetings. And I think that's a needed, a needed area within the industry uh, to get people excited and get people moving forward and doing some of these new creative things like projection mapping. So we'll look forward to that session and, and seeing you in Baltimore. And I really appreciate you taking time to be on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Brent. We'll uh, talk to you next time. 
This has been the Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast, your podcast source for news and discussions of the meetings and events industry. You can find out more about Strategic Meeting Tech at our website, www.strategicmeetingtech.com. There you'll find resources and information about how we help planners to create better audiovisual and technology outcomes at their events. Our music is provided by Steph Sachs, under license from the Creative Commons, and you can find out more information and links to the artists there on our website as well. Please send any comments or show suggestions to John, J-O-M, at strategicmeetingtech.com. Thanks for listening.